following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome, one and all, to episode 725 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, and the lover of cookies, Brittany Page, everybody. Well, something that I think is is strange is that we've had a Peloton for, I mean, coming up on a year, I think. In I think it got delivered while I was with my daughter in Washington. So... So July, we got it. Yeah. So coming up soon, yeah. some months. <laughs> and <laughs> so we're coming up on a year in about a year. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't we don't talk about it a lot, which is not typical based on the stereotype of people who have a Peloton because it's kind of cult like. Oh, it's it's a cult for in, sure in a way. And I recently had an experience where I was taking a class and the instructor said that she hates cookies. Wait a minute. Yeah. It is your instructor like one of those newfangled robot Peloton instructor <laughs> who hates cookies. Well, exactly. There's so many different Which, flavors. Wait, wait, wait. There's so We're many ma- different kinds Let's name of names. cookies. Which one is it? Um, I think it's Hannah Corbin. Hannah Corbin. And calling you out, Hannah Corbin. And she said she hates cookies. So I'm in the middle of this ride. I'm trying to get into it. Playlist <laughs> isn't great, and I'm already like not feeling it. And then she says she hates cookies. And I'm like, you know what? I can't relate to this. I have nothing in common with this person. I can't do this. How did uh how did it come up? Uh, I mean, th- how does one get to I hate cookies. I don't know. They're always talking about stuff, little anecdotes from their life, and don't they want to 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 to, to portray themselves as relatable? Because that's not fucking relatable. <laughs> I know, right? It's like I, you know, I only eat lettuce, and I don't put anything on the lettuce, and it's it's fulfilling for me, and it's really great. Yeah, it's it's like um, Wayne Brady's character on Thirty Rock. Hmm. 30 Rock reference here. we go. He was a very short-term boyfriend of Liz Lemon, Mm -hmm. and they're out at having dinner, and they're deciding what they want, and she says, oh, the the porterhouse looks good, and he goes, yeah, I'll just have a salad. I'm not really that much into food. Oh. Just (laughs) saying you're not into food, you don't like food, you don't like music, you don't like cookies. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, it it was it's tough for me. And now I feel like every time I scroll through and I'm trying to decide on what class that I'm going to take, I just skip right over her cuz I'm like we don't we can't relate. We can't relate. You're not going to fuck around with the anti-cookie lady. Is I'm what not. You're saying. I'm not. And I went and I baked cookies. It's a line that. in the sand. I'm like I'm going to show you what you you're did. missing out on. I'm going to bake some cookies. You made delicious cookies. Yes, they were pretty good. I was pretty proud of them and They um, were how do you describe? They're they're like the cookies you get in the grocery store. Yeah. The soft ones mm-hmm. that are like with the 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 they have frosting on them and usually sprinkles. And they're always like whenever you walk into the grocery store, 
whatever season it is, there's always Valentine's ones, there's St. Patrick's ones. Yeah. There's every season, every flag fucking day, every holiday, there's a version of that particular cookie decorated for your pleasure. But better homemade. Yeah, for sure. Well, you got you put freeze-dried raspberries. I mean, come on. It was awesome. Yeah, raspberry frosting. They were pretty good. I don't want to piss you off, but I'm not really a cookie guy. Are you Are you being serious right no, now? I you mean, don't like cookies? No, you know I you know I'm not crazy sweets. Like I'll go through phases where I can I can just punish a box of Mike and Ikes. Uh-huh. You know, if there's a if there's a dessert on the menu, I'll usually get an after dinner drink rather than a dessert. Why why not both? <laughs> I don't know. Life is short. I limit myself, I guess. Life is short. <laughs> we're here to we're here to at least have some moments that we enjoy, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll start doing both. Yeah. Well, Once we start eating out again. I know. That's <laughs> which we're coming up on our one year anniversary of the last time we ate out. In another year or so, you mean? Uh, no. In, this one's truly in a, in a year. In or in, six, in Coming up on in it. In six days. In six days. In six days, it will have been one year since we have been in a restaurant eating. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's get into this cookie, people. Uh, <laughs> get to some listener communication before we move on. We would like to encourage everybody, if you haven't called into the show, if you haven't, if there's been a time where you're driving down ye old road and you think, huh, this would be something for the show, I have an opinion while I'm listening to the show, you should have already programmed the phone number into your phone. Program the email into your phone. Have us be a contact on your personal contact list. So you can just whip out your phone, start dictating a message, and then uh, send it off. Email it off. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. Uh, This is Trevor from South Carolina. And uh, I know you said you saw it on Facebook, but I uh, just survived a stabbing, well, multiple stabbings, by my uh, ex-girlfriend now. And I just wanted to call and let you guys know uh, that I am recovering pretty well. Um, got all my stitches today and my staples. Unfortunately, my staples didn't stick all the way. Half of it um, opened up. So we have some further complications, but pretty typical stuff should be able to heal right up. So uh, glad to be alive. I listened to you guys so much while I was in the hospital. So I uh, just want to say y'all and uh, love y'all. Thank you guys for what you helped me so much in my healing process here. You guys have no idea. Yo, love you. Bye. Well, we hope you're doing better, For tre- sure. Trevor. Uh, we did see the the pictures on Facebook, and uh, I only laugh out of uncomfortability because the 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 wounds and the or the aftermath from the pictures that I saw. Really, the only the only analog I have is when our friend James donated a lobe of his liver to his uncle or something, and. He had the crazy zigzags, like just just a nightmare. So we hope you're doing well, um, and we were we're glad to have been there in your ear holes. 
For sure. And I, I hope that as you were getting treatment at the hospital, given that this occurred in the context in which it did, that they have reached out with some resources for you to possibly uh, start therapy, something like that. Uh, you know, good to talk to somebody certainly about what some, happened. Certainly some stuff there to process. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like it's necessary, I'm just bringing it up because I'm I'm sure there's some ramifications there. No, even um, if you don't think it's necessary, maybe it would be helpful. Yeah, and I, I'm hopeful that the hospital staff at least made an offer there or had a conversation about it and and helped you to get to some resources for that. And we're we're happy that we were able to hopefully give you some moments of reprieve from from that as you were healing. And uh, like Jesse said, definitely wish you the best. Keep us updated. Right on. Uh, all right. Uh, we've been talking about this uh, stimulus package. We've been talking about Texas a lot. And we got a couple calls here about both from people in Texas. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Jesse. My name is Betty from Texas, and I am uh, just calling to respond to episode 723. I was just catching up, and I just wanted to make a comment. Um, as of now, of course, this past weekend, the COVID relief bill has passed, and I'm very happy to hear that that's gone through. But um, I can't help but be a little disillusioned that um, they did not um, pass the $15 minimum wage. Um, it uh, hurts a little bit to know that you know, we put so much work, at least myself, family, friends, to try to get people registered to vote and encourage voting um, because of this promise, actually, was one of many, of course. And um, so to hear that um, this might uh, be something that they are going to fold on or that they still try to continue to um, work with the Republicans as if they are going to actually help them is, is quite ridiculous. I also wanted to... Um, make a comment about, um, unlike, you know, Princess uh, Meghan McCain, the co-host of The View, <laughs> I am very hopeful in regards to the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm an ER nurse, and I have to say, I cried when I got my vaccine. I cried when I gave my first vaccine. And um, today, um, I got very emotional when I read the CDC guidelines uh, for fully vaccinated people, because that gives me a sense of hope. And I just want to tell everyone out there, especially our, uh, my fellow healthcare workers, hold the line. And um, this too shall pass. Thank you, guys. And uh, Brittany, always the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, Betty, I know you started talking about the frustration with the $15 minimum wage, but I... I loved hearing you talk about how emotional it was for you getting vaccinated and then also giving vaccinations to people. And I've been seeing this everywhere, how it is this emotional experience. And I saw a tweet today where someone talked about how there's like a lack of ceremony surrounding it. You just like quickly get a jab in the arm and it feels so much more monumental than the actual act itself. Yeah. Because you just get the jab in the arm and then you go sit in a in a chair for 15 minutes and make sure you're fine and then you leave. But there's so much happening in that moment that it is. It's highly emotional. And I felt the same way when I saw the CDC guidelines come out about how fully vaccinated people are able to be with other fully vaccinated people without masks. It doesn't make any sense that it wouldn't be that way. And I mean, I'm no doctor. I don't know if everybody knows. but it, It's just, uh, you know, it feels like things are going to be returning to normal at, at some point. It feels like that is now within reach. And it's been so long since we have 
felt that way. Yeah. And another frustrating part of this is when they announced those new guidelines, there were people, you know, like trash people like Steven Crowder who retweeted it and said, did anyone stop doing these things? Yeah. And it it's just frustrating that there's so many people who... He really is garbage. For sure. It's just frustrating that there's so many people who, like, didn't see their grandparents for a year. Uh, haven't haven't done anything to be connected to family because they were so afraid of getting someone else sick and potentially killing them. So justifiably afraid of it. Right, justifiably. Uh, also, think about this relative to the grandmother, the grandparents thing. Think about people who didn't, who were doing the responsible thing and then whose grandparents died and they weren't able to see them. I mean, yeah. So tragic. It's just weird to have people bragging about like, I didn't follow the guidelines and I'm still here. Like, <laughs> Am I right? No one else did, right? Like, great. That's, uh, you are not a good person. Um, I'm Steven Crowder, the bigot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but related to the $15 minimum wage, very, very upsetting. The stimulus bill, which we're going to talk about, I'm very happy with many aspects of it, particularly the child allowance, which we're going to spend some time talking about. But, I, I hear you that it, it didn't go far enough. And I don't think it's a problem, Betty, to say, I wanted more from this. I'm going to continue to push for more. I'm happy with some parts of it. I think it's going to do a lot of good, but it's not going to do enough. And I think that's okay. That's a, that's a good position yeah. to take. So uh, related to that, I, I wasn't, I'm glad uh, she brought it up because it, it leads me to uh, the message that we got from Marcus in North Carolina and he, I don't know exactly what the message said. It was something along the lines of, he doesn't think we're on the most factual of footing related to our take or my specific take about the parliament, parliamentarian and all of the other uh, related matters to the $15 minimum wage being put into the reconciliation bill. And I'm not going to get into it all because it would take up the entire episode and that's not what we do here. But I disagreed with the take that I was wrong. I, I think there is some merit to a couple of the... You don't have to smirk over there. No, I just... You don't have to fucking smirk over there. I, I love how you're like, I do not agree that I was wrong. I'm not wrong. Anyway. Well, no, I, I mean, th- there's there's wiggle room because of the, the fact that it's lawyers, that you can argue this oh, or right. argue that. And th- there were two, two points that I think were very valid. One is in the reconciliation process... Um, uh, these anything changes ta- ta- to tax code have to sunset. And that's why tax cuts sunset and all this after about a decade. So from a procedural standpoint, the Democrats botched it by not having the, the increase to the minimum wage sunset in, in a decade. Now, the other thing is that um, it didn't meet all these different criteria according to the, 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 the bird rule. And I'm going to stop right here. I tell you what, I'm going to promote somebody else's podcast. If you want to, if you want to decide for yourself, you want to listen to to um, the other side of the argument. Go listen to Opening Arguments, the podcast with um, Andrew Torres and um, Thomas Smith, and uh, they they lined it out. Andrew does a great job of of lining out the the details. He disagrees with me on it, but uh, I would love to know what the audience thinks. Anyway. Uh, thanks, Marcus, for the pushback. We always appreciate dissent. We always appreciate getting put in our place, even when the listener is totally fucking wrong when they do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Next call, another Texan. 
Hello, Jesse and Brittany. This is Keith from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I just watched your most recent podcast, and uh, of course I agree. Um, the governor of Texas is a dumb fuck, and uh, removing the mask mandate um, for the whole state is uh, really stupid, but... Um, I, I think it's especially stupid considering that, like, like I work at a diabetes clinic in San Antonio, right? San Antonio has a diabetes problem, basically. Uh, uh, the diabetes rate in San Antonio is like 15%, which is much higher than the national average. And, uh, you know... Obviously, people with diabetes are more at risk of dying from COVID. So, you know, removing the fucking mask mandate would, would really, you know, not help things at all. I, it, it's just completely irresponsible um, on every level. And, you know, it, it, it's just really sad to see that, you know, None of these um, people in power, even in our own state, actually care about the citizens of the state. And hopefully we can uh, get them out of office in 2022. Thank you. I love you both. Uh, you guys are awesome. I love your podcast. Uh, I'll call in later. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Well, Keith, I think that there's there's an opportunity in, in the next coming uh, both midterm and then general election during the presidential, presidential year in 2024 to really make a difference. Listen, if Georgia can go blue, there's absolutely a chance for it to happen in Texas. So in moments like what happened during the storm, uh, where conservative ideologies and conservative uh, fear of government regulation has led to the power grid being an island unto itself, um, distanced from federal regulation, I think people in Texas are going to start waking up to maybe like I did two two decades ago, that waking up to the cult, like what? This doesn't make any sense. I mean, when it's talked about in conservative meetings and it's rah, 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 yeah, yeah, I guess we're caught up in the moment, but practically applicated, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So uh, there's, I would say this to all of our Texas listeners, that keep your chin up and keep fighting the fight because it's Republicans in Texas who hope that you get discouraged, who want you to quit, who don't want you to keep up the fight and to try to get progressives and Democrats elected in office because it 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 it, it signals the end of their political uh, careers and the end of their rule of ruining the state of Texas. You know, when all of that went down with the storms and the the, the, the you know child freezing to death, there are a lot of shitty takes from people like Michael Moore and you know liberals. Keith Oberman. Keith Oberman was another one. Like, yeah, well, you picked it. You wanted this. Not not even taking into account that there are millions of Texans who are Democrats. Millions of Texans who didn't vote for that which they got. 
you can't write off the entire state because the entire it wasn't a 100% vote. It's not Iraq. Anyway, we appreciate the call, Keith. Well, also implicit in some of those criticisms is that um, people shouldn't be getting vaccinated and that somehow by them not getting vaccinated, it's just going to like, oh, well, we don't care about you. You don't get vaccinated then. Like, bye bye. Like, hopefully you're yeah, gone. Yeah, sure. And that's not how this works. We need as many people as we can to get vaccinated. Whether or not they have the correct politics doesn't really matter. We want as many people as possible to be vaccinated because we want to reach herd immunity. And so having that kind of position of like, oh, well, we don't care if you get vaccinated, like go away. Not super helpful when we're trying to get to the goal. Yeah, we need to depoliticize the coronavirus altogether. Just, Just like measles isn't a political issue. You want your neighbor who's a Republican vaccinated against measles because he may come in contact with a child with a suppressed immune system who can't be vaccinated. It's not a political thing. Everybody should do it for public health for everyone. For everyone. But people like Michael Moore and Keith Oberman find an audience similar with these like rabid Cuomo defenders. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's reaching... Can we we talk about that? It's reaching a point where it's... I mean, a little detached and a little freaky. Very, very Trumpish. Very, very Trumpish. Culty Trumpish. Defend, defend, defend. Deny, deny, deny. Right. Even when he's apologized for doing bad things. And I think a sixth woman has come forward now yes. accusing him of sexual harassment. But he needs to resign, not just for his botching the the COVID governance, but also this. Well, and we we posted a link to the Facebook page, and we now have something someone helping us with the posts on the Facebook page. Shout out to Ben. And um, uh, one of the articles was about Andrew Cuomo. And I was reading through the comments, and I was embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is our page. This is a page that is uh, our show's page uh, that represents our views on things. And... Almost every comment on that was embarrassing of people saying that Trump is behind this. Right. Yeah. Uh, that it's a conspiracy. Uh, people will say, how many women did did Trump sexually assault or sexually yeah, harass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the defenses for it are embarrassing, illogical, unreasonable. Um, and I understand that some people may be frustrated because maybe they were like the the people that were calling themselves Cuomo sexuals when Andrew Cuomo was super popular. I just learned that was a thing people said. Trevor Noah, you said, said that. Yeah. And they would talk about how it was so great to have his leadership. And while he's hiding thousands of deaths from nursing homes because he wants to stave off an investigation. And here's the thing, like, it's okay if you said that. It's okay if you were fooled by the show in the beginning. That's okay. But now that you know. Yeah, but now that you know, you got to do better. And you got to admit to yourself. And maybe it's useful to have some self-reflection there too of why was I fooled by this? Was it the celebrity that brought me in? Right? There was an interesting segment on on the media all about Andrew Cuomo. And evidently, based on their reporting, there's a huge difference between the Andrew Cuomo that people know in print media and in local media in New York 
and how he's and known nationally. Yeah. Because he somehow nationally, probably through the help of CNN and his brother Chris Cuomo. Right. The Cuomo Brothers Comedy Hour. Yeah. Became kind of a, a celebrity and everyone found him to be likable, charming. Uh, but if you know local politics a little bit better, you know that he has many issues. He's a bully. He's a bully. He has a temper. Um, and I mean, things outside of that as well. He's so- the male Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no specific stories about a comb and a salad, but yes, other alarming things. Um, so I would recommend if you are... Having a hard time admitting to yourself that these stories that are coming out are not planted by Donald Trump, I would suggest you go listen to that segment on On the Media because it, it's something that may may turn you around. Also, ask yourself, why would he apologize for something that he was framed uh, by Donald Trump for? <laughs> I mean, just use your goddamn brain. Yeah, well, the lengths that people will go to to protect themselves from just admitting reality. And it hurts. It hurts to admit that someone that you liked or were fond of is maybe not great, but we we need to become a little bit better at doing that because we want to prevent ourselves from creating figures like this in the future. Yeah, that's the next point I was going to make is, you know, let's stop deifying politicians. Yeah. From Donald Trump to Hillary Clinton, if for somehow you deified her, to Bernie Sanders. Well, as you're saying that, I'm looking at this Bernie oh, Sanders yeah. statue that we got sent to us at the P.O. Box. Um, it's this little gray statue of him sitting in the chair, folding his arms with the mittens on yeah. at, at the inauguration. It's like a little 3D printed thing or something. A little figurine with his inauguration pose. Yeah, it's awesome. And I don't know who it's from because there was no note in the box. So... Someone tell me who this is from so I know who to thank. It's kind of a bummer because his little glasses. Yeah. One one lens of his glasses snapped off in shipping. Yeah. But he's super cool, though. He is. He's very cool. Very he's cute. He's shelvable. <laughs> yes. He's going on my shelf behind me yeah, for the, yeah, yeah. For the so podcast. Whoever sent that, thank you. We want to give you credit. Yeah. Reach out and let us know. For sure. And, um... Don't lie if you didn't, because we'll fuck it. We'll know. <laughs> we will know. By the way, also, if you sent us a drive to put into our computer, we're <laughs> still trying to figure out who sent us that, okay? So. Yeah, we, we used it, and then my, I had to buy a new computer, oddly enough. Very weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, Keith. We appreciate it very much. Uh, last call, talking about cancel culture, my favorite thing that's super real. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. This is Andrew, and I'd like to talk about Dr. Seuss, Potato Head, Pepe Le Pew, and every single topic these desperate um, conservatives want to talk about cancel culture regarding. I find it so childish and pathetic that they continue to talk about a children's toy or a children's book author or a children's cartoon character that they don't realize that the irony is they are the children talking about it, despite the fact that it does not affect their lives, it does not affect their, their careers, it does not affect anything. Maybe Dr. Seuss's book haven't been canceled. Only the six that the estate chose to cancel because they know how racist it is and that children should not read about them. But they think it's now, I am affected by it, and it's disgusting. Especially, um, also considering Mr. Potato Head, even though it's the brand changing the name, not the character. Plus, they could change around the character from male to female, female to male anyway. So why does it affect them? It's just a toy. And about Pepe Le Pew, he's a disgusting character anyway. He's not going to be in Space Jam, A New Legacy, and I'm okay with it because I never found the shtick funny. And these days, I just find it disgusting. So 
they need to stop, find something new to pathetically discuss. Well, I'm just going to shut them out further. I hope you two do the same, but probably not. It's very important. Have a great day, you two. Love the show. Bernie's the press part. And so is Jesse. Pop high. Bye. Well, thank you, Andrew. Um, it is interesting, this entire culture cancel, this cancel culture thing, mm-hmm. that um, it really, it, they're showing their hand. Republicans are showing their hand that they have no answer, no policy answer as an alternative to what the Democrats are proposing. Right. Because they're not offering up one. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is talking about Pepe Le Pew, who is a little cartoon rapist, by the way. <laughs> And uh, Potato Head and Dr. Seuss and all this nonsense. Yeah. In the absence of policy, actual policy, they whip up culture war th- shit. I heard, I, I hadn't heard about the Pepe Le Pew situation. I, I saw it mentioned a couple times on Twitter. I saw a guy write a whole thread about how it's not inappropriate because it's... He was getting real deep and existential about it. It's a cartoon who chases down unwilling females and advances upon them, holding them down and... Come on! Come on! I always thought it was weird. I don't have memories, really, of Pepe Le Pew, so I can't... I mean, I remember it being creepy, but I can't speak to specifics, and I'm wondering who this person is that dedicated... How much time? Oh, it was, a long, it was a long thread. Defending I'll, Pepe Le Pew's honor. I'll try to find the thread. And I don't think they were conservative. I think they were liberal. And they're <laughs> defending the cartoon's honor on Twitter. Yeah, it was. they were getting real deep and philosophical and weird. This is what's strange. Is I, I just, I guess, the things that people choose to spend time on. Yeah. Uh, going back to the life is short point. You know, you only have so much time. I find it's very difficult for me to fit into the day Everything that I want to do, all the books I want to read, all the podcasts I want to listen to, all the cookies you want to eat, all the cookies I want (laughs) to eat. Like, how am I supposed to do all that and moisturize my skin and get in some exercise? And I mean, it's listen, you're leading us to our first topic on the other side of the break. I, I don't know how. How am I doing that? Moisturize your skin, get a workout in, look in your best for your man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Here we go. That's a good teaser. We'll get to it right after this. I doubt it. 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 I doubt it is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Donna U. Donna U. Matthew A. Matthew A. And Ed M. Ed M. We would also like to thank Thor K. Thor K. Because the pledge was increased. Nice. Very nice. Fantastic. Very generous. We appreciate it very much. Make sure you send us your stickers where they end up. The picture of them. <laughs> that sentence was completely out of order. And 
if you They'll get it. It's like a mystery. It's like a maze. It's yeah. like a, a word puzzle, a jumble, if you will. Exactly. And if you did not get your stickers, please reach out, send us a message on Patreon, and we will remedy that situation. We only got one returned envelope so far, which is truly remarkable. I was expecting there to be many. It makes me think something's up. It's, because in normal times, when we had everybody's correct addresses, ostensibly, yeah, yeah. we would get piles of returns. Many. And we just mailed hundreds of envelopes filled with multiple stickers. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't seem very likely. I think Louis DeJoy is up to something. <laughs> he's intercepting the mail. Yes. That could be it. I don't know. Intercepting. He's just like, oh, those are returns. Yeah, just throw those away. Mm, could that's, be. That's extra work, y'all. Could be. But I think he may be intercepting our mail. I think that that is probably a good use of his time. Hmm. Probably what he's up to. I only check the mail every couple of days anyway, so <laughs> there's nothing important well, in there. Well, you should probably do that more often. All right. Well, let's move on again. We'd love to hear from you, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voicemail from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's talk about the pastor giving a sermon in church about how wives need to be looking good. Pastor Stuart Allen Clark, and he is a Baptist preacher in the Missouri Boot Heel. He went on leave this week after his <laughs> sermon um, advising women that they could be an epic trophy wife of all time, like Melania Trump. That was the part that, I mean, come on, bro. But maybe you're just a participation trophy, he said. <laughs> What's his name one more time, just so I have it? Pastor Stuart Allen Clark. Is it S-T-U or S-T-E-W-A-R-T? S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Oh, yeah. What a, what a, what a guy. So you sent me this article, and I went, and I found the actual sermon. Mm-hmm. So here for Over your- 20 minutes. Yeah, no, we're not playing all of it. I'm just playing like the first two and a half or three minutes of it to give you a flavor for what this maniac was talking about. But before I do that, you need to kind of get an idea of what he looks like because it matters. It matters that he's kind of a fatty. It matters that he's the kind of guy who always wears black because he's overweight. Not a handsome fella. Not a trophy husband. And it matters because he's he's putting on women that requirement. To do that for your man, ostensibly, if, if you love him, you know? Well, I am... <laughs> Very uncomfortable, I can tell. So... He- the views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. So, he is... Not conventionally attractive, and yet standing there encouraging women to be literally trophy wives. That's probably a better way to say it. And that is, I mean, this is church, you know what I mean? And I I understand a lot of different things can happen at church. <laughs> a lot of different messages can be sent at church. <laughs> but this seems like a very strange message to hear at church. Like, the whole sermon is about how women should not let themselves go after getting married and like how to, how they need to keep their appearances up. That's the whole, that's the whole sermon. Keep their appearances up for their men. 
right. for the man, not for them so they feel good and they're healthy. Do it because it's good for your man because he wants to look at that and that makes him happy. So we'll we'll play it so you guys can understand how terrible this is. And then we're going to talk about some of the negative ramifications of this. Then I want you to know a need that a man has that he won't ever tell you about. But since I'm the preacher man, I'll say it. Your man needs an attractive wife. Well, anybody else thinks about, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Your man needs, a, needs an attractive wife. A hockey player said, he said, I married a trophy wife, but now she looks like the Stanley Cup. You see what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. All right? That's what I'm talking about. And, and ladies here, here's the thing you need to know about men. Don't give him a reason to be like this distracted boyfriend. You hear me? Don't give him a reason to be looking around. Hello? Don't do that. I've said this for a long time. I'll say it. Uh, there's more. I didn't even plan to stop and start, but he's saying if you're not attractive enough, you've given your husband a reason, i.e. justification, to go out on you. I mean, imagine... If you're a Christian listening to this especially. Pastors are to be the emissaries of Jesus on earth, are they not? I mean, is this, can you imagine if Jesus was given a sermon that he would dedicate time to this? Verily I say unto thee. Tighten that ass up for your husband disgusting it's a it's a perversion of a message from a religious leader a spiritual leader well and as people love to say in moments like this jay-z cheated on beyonce okay you can literally be beyonce (laughs) yes and you that is a good point i mean please please this is why blaming women for keeping their man whatever um is a very disturbing way to frame it. That's not how relationships work. And he's also framing this in such a way that the onus is on the woman to maintain a relationship. Like what does the man have to do? Yeah. Right. Also, he's only talking about relationships in context of man, woman. Well, that's expected. Sure. But I just want to highlight it because that's what he's talking about. This is what a woman should do. This is what a man should do in, in this relationship. But men aren't doing anything. There's no work on the part of the men. He gets to come home, sit on the couch, put his feet up on the chair, uh, you know, say, where's my beer? Where's my sandwich? (laughs) Not get on the Peloton in this guy's case. Well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's let's hear more from the conservative religious figure talking about uh, relationships and sex. P word is female genitalia. Oh, wait, that's wrong clip again it's free by the way is i really don't believe women understand how visual men are i really don't i don't think that i don't think i don't think it's in their capacity their ability to understand how visual that men are i really don't think women understand how important it is for a man to have a beautiful woman on his arm it's really important to a man to do that so here's what you want your man to say uh, when you take when you when he takes you to the Christmas party at the office. My friend may have married a trophy wife, but compared to mine, she doesn't even qualify. 
That's what ultimately you want your, your man to say about you. To him, you should be the most beautiful woman in the room. Amen, lady? Oh, there's one guy. <laughs> so, okay. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Wow. Why is it? Why do they do that? Probably because we're tired. Here's how way too many women are. I got him now. He, he's going to tell us how way too many women are after he just told us that they don't have the ability, no, they don't have the capacity to understand how visual men are. <laughs> I'm visual, and I'm realizing this guy's about as fat as I am. He might be fatter than me. Well. It's just, it is, it is mind-blowing. Look, I could, I have 30 pounds I could lose. I might have more that I could lose. I'm in the same camp as this guy. So when I call him a fatty, he's in the tribe. Well, listen, there's actually, he gets into specifics. And I don't know if we're going to get into that. Listen, I watch, I listened to way more of this than I should have. Oh, really? And I was just sitting there stewing in my rage, like getting a rage rash on my neck. Like it was not. Which is a thing Brittany Page gets, by the way. For sure. That's a legit thing. She gets a rage rash. Yeah. Well, I'm very fair skinned. So I get red if I get like mildly embarrassed, mildly sad, mildly angry. You need to take care of that because it's, you know, unbecoming of a trophy wife. Yeah, definitely. But he he gets into specifics where he starts specifically talking about pounds, which is interesting. Mm, I don't think we get there with this clip. We'll talk about it after. The chase is over. Hey, that's where you're wrong. The chase ain't never over. The chase ain't never over. And by God, if he don't love me the way I look now, he ought to look at his own spare tire in the mirror. Now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic, the epic trophy wife of all time, like Melania Trump. And he shows a picture of her. I'm not saying that at all. Now, most women can't be trophy wives, but you, you know, like her, maybe you're maybe a participation trophy. I don't know, but all I can say is, not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that. But, but you don't need to look like a butch either. Hey, here's something you wow. need to know. You need to know this. Men have a need for their women to look like women. We just hey, went to... pants don't cut it all the time, huh? Big in the territory. And, and uh, pajamas to Walmart, ah, that ain't going to work. Ain't nothing attractive about that. It ain't. And, and when men want their wives to look good at home and in public. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Please agree with me is what that means. There's only one dude in the audience who's saying yes every time. Can I, mean, I can I get an amen from the one man who is with me on this? Who's probably unmarried and very sad. Probably an incel, sir. Mopping his brow. Ooh, tough crowd tonight. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he, I mean, listen, this guy's a piece of shit. He goes, this is the terrifying thing. He goes on to talk about how he used to do marital counseling Ugh. and he gives a specific example of when he was, well, first of all, he sets up context here. He says the difference between a wife and a girlfriend is 60 pounds. Wow. So he does think of himself as a comedian. And this is kind of what I'm talking about where he gets into specific weight. Yeah. And he tells the story of a man and a woman coming to him for marital counseling, and they were struggling with sexual intimacy. And he said, I'm trying to keep a straight face. 
like making a joke about asking them what's going on in the bedroom because he had assumed that because the woman was overweight, that's what the problem was. And he wanted to somehow highlight that, but was trying to do it carefully. And at some point they just say that the the wife is fat and then that creates a conflict within the counseling. And I'm listening to the story and I'm just thinking, I'm so glad he doesn't do this anymore. He says he doesn't do marital counseling anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God. Thank God you do not do marital counseling. How damaging is this person speaking to a congregation? How many children heard this? Yeah, listen, at least there's enough juice to the criticism that he's taken a leave of absence or quitting or whatever. Mm -hmm. At least there was enough outrage within this particular insular community Mm -hmm. that they got rid of his ass. Yeah, and that's... They rolled him on out the door. I mean, my concern really is... Because he's a fat guy. With how many kids kids were hearing this. That really disturbs me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And... Because it cements that shit in a forming brain. Yeah, and I I remember when I was 16, I wouldn't leave the house without makeup on. I wouldn't go to the mailbox in front of my house. No one gives a shit. No one was looking for me. No yeah, one yeah, yeah. cares. I'm 16 years old. Who gives a shit? I wouldn't go get the mail without putting makeup on as a 16-year-old. Yeah. And I probably, I don't know, early 20s started to like get too tired to care that much about that stuff and i i go everywhere without makeup yeah now. i'm very glad that's the case i, I that's uh whew. in fact when i was watching this initially the first time i hadn't showered for 3 days my hair was all <laughs> greasy i'm sitting there in my sweats in an outfit that the pastor would find very unbecoming of a walmart and <laughs> no kidding he uh i don't give a shit i don't care because you're supposed to be comfortable in your relationships. And there are going to be moments where you have greasy hair and you don't look perfect. And that's the point, right? You're supposed to look like Melania and wear heels in the house all the time. Yeah, this guy's been watching too much fucking Mad Men is the deal. Yeah, it's and this is why they uh, talk so poorly about feminism and feminists, because they don't want women to be empowered to not have to tolerate this anymore. Not have to listen to this, not not be held to these standards that are so unrealistic and frankly exhausting. Yeah. No. I wonder how many how many assholes in the congregation are like, oh, they canceled Pastor Stewart. He got canceled. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just a a bizarre, arcane way to think. And uh, look, I'm tired. I'm tired of saying that it's 2021, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, well, and I hope people take a step back, reconsider what what is this church that they're attending or having their kids attend, where this is the message that they're getting on a Sunday. Because if this is how toxic the leadership is, mm-hmm. right on down the line, it doesn't get better. If this is how toxic the leadership is in public? Yeah, publicly. <laughs> I can only imagine. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Again, 657-464-7609. Of course, email those voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right, let's talk about the stimulus package that will be voted on officially by the House on Wednesday and then subsequently signed by Joe Biden probably later Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Big, big deal. Hello, pores. Oh, (laughs) so the... The stimulus bill is, by and large, good. A good thing. Yeah. 
And it's lacking in places. It's definitely lacking in places. But it's a net positive. It is a net positive. And I'm like being a 60 minutes interviewer right now (laughs) where you're giving me the. Is it a net positive? It's a net positive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to send the $1,400 checks to individuals based on income. And yes, people were cut out of that based on the changes to the maximum income. So that wasn't great. Uh, It's going to extend unemployment benefits, expand food assistance. There's a lot of money going to very important places. One thing that I think hasn't been talked about enough, and part of this is when the stimulus bill was um, initially approved, it was tough to find out a lot of specific information because those specifics weren't necessarily being reported. But now we know more about what is being called the child allowance, and a big ri- deal. Big deal. Sorry. Yeah. Originally, I thought it was going to be just like a tax credit that didn't seem like it would be all that great. But they're phrasing it in terms of a tax credit. But what it's going to be is essentially like a guaranteed income for families with children. You want to think of it as like Social Security for kids. And people are actually going to be receiving monthly checks And this is going to be based on age. So I believe from zero to six, it's like up to $300 per month. And then per kid. Per kid. Yeah. 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 And it's, there's no like maximum number of kids. It's as many kids. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be going to parents of 93% of American kids. That's 69 million people who will be getting monthly checks of up to $300 per month. It can be used for anything. You don't, there's no restrictions on it. It can be used for whatever you want to use it on. And the numbers that they're, they're talking about relative to how many children are going to be lifted out of poverty because of this are staggering to me. Yeah, they're talking about child poverty being cut by 45% and for black families over 50%. It's amazing. And there are um, income thresholds for this. So for two parents, uh, $150,000 or more annually will not be eligible for the benefit. So there is an income threshold for it. And it's it's only going to last for a year right now. But the Democrats are hoping to make this a permanent thing, which will be life-changing for yeah, yeah. low-income families to have a guaranteed income for their children. And there's a few things that have been bothering me about the discourse surrounding this. And one of them is actually with progressives who continue to do that snarky, where's my money thing, which fair... But there's also been a lot of discounting this child allowance, which I think is really important. And it's more than just, am I going to be getting my check in the mail? It's, well, how else is this stimulus going to benefit other people? That should be part of the conversation. It should be chiefly part of the conversation. It's not just how it, me, 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 it's us. Right. How are we as a society going to be bettered by this? And listen... If you're out there and you're you make 80 grand a year and you're complaining that you're not getting a stimulus check, I feel for you. It would be great if you got it. But think about the millions of children who will be lifted out of poverty, who may not have to worry about food insecurity for the next year. That is more important collectively than whether somebody who makes $81,000 a year doesn't get the $1,400. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that that's definitely an important point. And I, I hope people will see 
that what they're doing here is it's it's difficult to take something away. So the fact that this is in the bill and people are going to be getting this, yeah, yeah, it's going to set a precedent where it's going to be difficult for people to then take it away, take it off the table. And I think that that's an important point that's being lost too. How are Republicans going to argue against this once it's out there, once families are receiving the benefit? It would be like taking Social Security away. Yeah. Or some of their major benefit. Yeah. So that's definitely positive. We're on the right track there. I do want to have a criticism for uh, conservatives here because I've been seeing recent discussion over declining infertility rates and concern that we are no longer above replacement. So there's going to be a decline in the population. Yeah, because you need like every family or you know on average needs to have so many kids to just replace the people who die. Yeah. And we're getting ready to be below that. We're, we're getting ready to every year over year have fewer people in the country than more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But conservatives also push back on things like a child allowance. Yeah. And how does that make sense? I mean, you're concerned about the fertility rate. You want people to be having kids. Well, people can't afford to have kids. Exactly. And so if you give them a benefit and there's incentive there to have kids because they can maybe afford to have a kid, then uh, isn't that kind of fitting with like your goal? Like what you want? It's the same thing, though. It's it's. No, you can't have an abortion. You can't have access to reproductive health care. Oh, okay. Well, I'm poor, so I'm going to have a kid. I'm going to need to get on welfare. No, you don't get welfare either. Mm. I mean, it's it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. These are hypocrites. They don't care. They don't care about healing the nation. They don't care about improving people's station in life. They care about Dr. Goddamn Seuss. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about maintaining power. They're worried about disenfranchising millions of black Americans. That's what their focus is. Yeah. Anyway. Ugh. So some things to be happy about, some things to keep pushing for. And I think that that's going to be something we continue to talk about. We didn't get a lot of pushback on the episodes where we went really heavy with the criticism for Democrats. And I was I was kind of surprised by that. I'm not sure what your impressions were based on the comments on the Facebook page. You know, (laughs) those those people don't listen to the show. There's still people who are like, I have a daughter. Oh, yeah. And that gives me the right to opinions about. Andrew Cuomo and women. <laughs> as a as a human being who was birthed by a mother, yeah. I have all these very valid opinions about women. Yeah. It's 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 strange. So anyway, we always love entertaining kn- though. We would love to know what you think. Yes. About the stimulus package. Yes. Are you one of these people who are pissed off because you make too much money? Yeah. Oh, on that note. I'm gonna shame you and you, maybe you're not gonna call in. But we'd love to hear from you. So on that note, if you if you made too much money to get your the original stimulus checks that went out, but you lost a job or you had a change in income because of the pandemic, you need to file your taxes as soon as possible. Oh, right. Because they are going to be basing it on your most latest, recent. Yeah, your latest tax return. Right. So if you would benefit because you lost a job, you lost income last year, file your taxes as soon as you can so that you can get this latest stimulus check. Yeah, and they they... The IRS processes shit pretty quick. Yeah. They're not sitting on your return for a month. I mean, they'll get it right through. So definitely do that. And if you're in a situation where you can't pay for it, take advantage of TurboTax and these other tax prepare software 
to make sure you get it for free, that you're not up getting upselled, uh, upsold to whatever bullshit uh, the next level is. Can't you file your taxes for free on the IRS website now? Uh, maybe so. I don't know. But I well, know there was that, all that controversy about yeah, TurboTax, that, right? That's what I was going to say is that they, they, they did a deal that they, they, the, the tax preparing lobby, that's a thing, uh, lobbied the federal government to not let the IRS create its own portal to have you file your taxes because they make b- millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars off of it every year. And then the the agreement they came to was, well, okay, well, we'll offer it for free so you don't have to. And then what they did is they made it like almost impossible. Brett number one one year, it's an aside, it's kind of similar thing decided he was going to go through the, you know, the publisher's clearinghouse when you, they used to send, I, they maybe still send it out, but you, you're supposed to be able to just uh, subscribe to magazines and then you're, 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 you're entered into the sweepstakes, right? Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have even started the story, but so Brett number one decided he knew there was a way to do it for free mm-hmm. because you can't have a sweepstakes that you have to pay to get into. Yeah. So he went through... And it, he decided just on principle he was going to do it and went through a series of insane Herculean tasks <laughs> to do it for free. Like what? I, I don't remember. That's why I said I shouldn't have started the story. But it was like really just insane. It was just stupid what they made you do. Like self-addressed stamped envelopes and you have to mail something here and then you have to do this and fill out this form. It's just all these steps. And um, I don't know the outcome, but it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. He, uh, no, I know the outcome. He didn't win the sweepstakes. That's the outcome. Yeah. Okay. But um, I'm like, this story is really falling I, apart. I said I shouldn't have started it. But you weren't. You weren't even that far into it when you said that. You could have stopped. You no, could have saved no, because us then all. everybody would have said, "What's the story?" Oh, uh, I don't know if they would have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think they were really. Wow. In the mood for that. I'm getting just. Pummeled so, here. One thing that I want to say is you can. You can go to the <laughs> You can go to the IRS website and uh there are options for filing for free if you are under seventy two thousand a year. And if you're over that, they have um tools for you to access forms for free. So there are resources there. Yeah. Um if you feel like you're gonna get ripped off by other places. Look at you with your fucking jokes. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm stewing over here. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. So anyway, that's what we have for you today. <laughs> Jesse D getting shot upon. No. It's a good time, you know, everybody. No, I think what I think what's gonna happen here is that that story is gonna be the highlight of the show. Not just this episode, but like the history of the episodes, the that's entire prick catalog. Shit, that's prick shit. People are going to be like, yeah, I remember that show. There was this one time Jesse told this really great story. Wow. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add, Miss Brittany Page? Um, no. It's, Cookie connoisseur. No, I feel, Page. I feel like things are starting to, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And we can see it. With the COVID. With the COVID. And or with my storytelling. Well, <laughs> that remains to be seen. Uh, but I'm I'm happy about that. I feel lighter in most of the time now. I feel I feel like there's there's moments of of lightness where there there hasn't always been the yeah, best year. I feel the same way. Yeah, it's um, heartening mm-hmm. if that's a thing. Yeah. So 
Anyway, we'd love to hear from you, everybody. If you've never ta- contacted the show, we'd love to hear from you. Moments six, of five, seven. Moments of lightness? Four, six, four. I don't think that made sense. 7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. I like how you're just letting me process. You know what else we'd really love for you to do is rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Moments of light. It's becoming really less important anymore because there are so many providers, so many conduits through which you can listen to a podcast. Light moments. But if you... Uh, are on Apple Podcasts and you still use their backwards-ass bullshit app, please rate and review the show, giving us whatever you feel is appropriate. We, we like the vibe of five-star reviews, but if you feel we're a three-star show, eh, write us a little review and maybe we'll read it and take things into account. We haven't read some on the show for a while. We should do that soon. That sounds like something we should do next And that's an incentive. Maybe you will get your review read on the show. Ooh, how sneaky. Yeah. How lighthearted of you. (laughs) We love you guys. We will see you next time. And until then, for Brittany Page, I am the storytelling wonderkin, Jesse Dollimore. And this has been I Doubt.